0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au Thank you very much for that. Awesome. The most of you eh? We've got a big family, you know. We're everywhere. Hey, awesome to be here. Well, our theme for the month is Emmanuel, and it's such a, a crazy concept when you think about it, that the living God is actually with us, came to be with us, is in us and is for us, because he loves us. Emmanuel, I um, heard Pastor Jeff talk about the different spellings of it, there's E and there's I, Emmanuel and Emmanuel. Uh, One is Greek and one is Hebrew. But it makes me think of when I was learning English grammar, the I before the E except after the C. And like the I in Christ reminds me that Christ is Emmanuel. And the E in Jesus reminds me that he is Christ Emmanuel. And the I before E except after C brings words like conceive and believe and receive. So it's all a reminder to me that he is Emmanuel and God with us. So if you want a topic, if you want a, not a topic, the topic is Emmanuel, but if you want a, a, um, a title, thank you, the title is Strengthening, Strengthening Our Witness to Strengthen Our Witness. Strengthening Our Witness. It's not in my list coming through. It's witness to strengthen our witness. God is with us. We're just um, about a week and a half away from Christmas. And as Pastor Hayden mentioned, Christmas is one of the the times where people are open to come to church. And one of the things that I believe that God used to bring me to Metro was the sign outside the church which said Jesus is the hope hope of the world. And um, I just got a, a list of some signs that I found outside some churches that are out there. You may have seen some of these signs. Remember, signs are very important for us, you know, in, in terms of our understanding what the church is. For example, outside we have Jesus is the hope of the world. Some signs outside of a church, a particular church says, Honk if you love Jesus, text while driving if you want to meet him. Another And another one says, "What happens in Vegas is forgiven here." One for Star Wars fans. I like this one. I'm a Star Wars fan. A long, long time ago, in the place called Galilee, far far away. One says, "Sign is broken. message is inside." Like that one. Another one says, "Stop, drop, and roll when working hell." It's a heavy one. (laughs) Another one says, "We're all about that grace, that grace, no devil." One more. Having trouble sleeping? We have sermons. Come on in. (laughs) 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 The Bible talks about a sign. The Bible talks about, um, if you go to Luke 2, verse 34, and it's the account where Simeon, which was played by David Faulkner in our production last week, then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And Jesus is a sign. Matthew 1.23, another easy one, Matthew 1.23, reads, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. Matthew is echoing a statement which Isaiah said 700 years beforehand, In 7.14, Isaiah 7.14. And it says, All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, Which means God is with us. This is a statement that the prophet Isaiah was talking to a king called Ahaz. It's echoed in the New Testament by Matthew. To point to Jesus. So I just want to take a minute or two just to paint a little bit of the background behind Isaiah making this statement to King Ahaz. Okay, So in the Old Testament we have the the tribes, the twelve tribes which was the nation of Israel. The nations of Israel were, were then split into two kingdoms. One was the northern kingdom And one was the south kingdom. Two tribes went to the south. Ten tribes went to the north. We won't get into all of that. So, who's from the north of the river here? Alright. You guys represent the northern kingdom. Who's from the south? I'm from the south. We represent the southern kingdom. The north is Israel. The south is Judah. Ahaz, Ahaz is the king in the south. Jesus was born in Judah, which is where? He in the south. And if he was born in the south of the river, it would have been in a place called Beckenham. <laughs> so, a little town called Beckenham in the south of the river. I was thinking of that when I was singing those carols, Bethlehem, Beckenham. <laughs> anyway, King Ahaz, he wasn't a really good king. He was pretty, pretty out there. He was, so, he was so corrupt that he would even um, sacrifice his own kids to, uh, to the idols. So he was pretty bad. He was worried because two kings in the north of the river, Rizin and Pekah, were coming down south to form an alliance with Ahaz. Why? Because there's this massive superpower called the Assyrians, and they wanted to take over the north and the south. King Ahaz, not very popular, is scared of Rezin and scared of Pekah because earlier these guys smashed him at at a time before. So he's fearful, he's worried, he's scared of those guys coming down. Because King Ahaz from the south does not want to be an alliance to the north, these two guys here say, so you know what, we're going to go south of the river and we're going to take over Judah and we're going to set up one of our guys down here to take over. Ahaz is scared. and you, I won't read it, you can read it in Isaiah 7. He's fearful. Now God sends Isaiah to Ahaz and says, I want you to take your son and I want you to meet with King Ahaz and I want you to tell him that he must ask for a sign. Isaiah goes, you must ask God for a sign. Whenever the Bible tells us to ask, well, a lot of the times, it implies that we are to come before God at a time that we are struggling. Ahaz is fearful. He is full of um, anxiety because of these guys that are coming down. The prophet comes and says, you must ask God for a sign. Ahaz rebels. Ahaz says, no, I'm not, going to ask for a go, uh, I'm not going to ask for a sign. I'm not going to test the Lord. Really, what he was doing was he wasn't trusting that God could bring a sign. Isaiah then says, okay then, remember, he's the king of Judah. He's in line with David and Solomon and all of these guys. So he's still a called king. But he's not, he's not your best king. And Ahaz kind of like Reminds me of myself at times I'm called I'm a Christian I'm born again But sometimes I make silly mistakes But I get fearful sometimes But what do I need to do I need to pray I need to ask God for a sign And not rebel against it Very simple And so Isaiah says Therefore God will give you a sign Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. In other words, the sign that he is meant to ask for is the provision, is the blessing, is the answer that God has for him. So what my, my point here is that prayer. Prayer helps us to strengthen our witness with God. This morning when Pastor Jeff was talking about the my box and the us box and the they box, it was like in my my box, it's like this is the place where I pray, this is the place where I get my strength from, where I worship. My us box in that sense is where my fellowship, my church, togetherness, and the they box is my witness. My witness to people how I reflect who I am in Christ, how I convey the message of the gospel is determined by my how I am with God and how I am with fellowship with one another. That would determine my witness. Je- Jesus said that you shall receive power to be my witnesses. Our association with God can never change because he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. But we sometimes... We never leave him, but sometimes we do things that keep us out of line. So we pray, we come before him, and we ask him for a sign. So I'm just going to go through three points, four thoughts, if you like. One is God with us. Number two is God for us. Number three is God in us because God loves us. I thank God that we serve a God that longs to be with us all the time. Throughout the Old Testament, we see God is always wanting to be with his people. Right from Genesis, we see that God is walking with Adam. We see him with Moses, with the Israelites, with the pillar of fire and the, the cloud, by night, uh, cloud by day. We see him in the burning bush. When he, when he talks to Job, he appears as a whirlwind. We see him bringing dreams and visions to people like Joseph and Daniel. He's also manifested as the spoken word through the prophetic utterance, through the prophets of the day. God is always wanting to be with his people. When Moses went up to get the the Ten Commandments, there was a time when he couldn't actually see the face of God. The Bible says that nobody can look upon God and live because he's so holy. The Bible says that God... Well, the English interpretation, God had to turn his back towards Moses. You remember that? Why? Because God is so holy. God is so just reverent. Sin can't stand in the presence of who he is. It's like when we look at the sun. We, try, we go outside tomorrow and we try and look at the sun. We're going to squint our eyes. Why? Because when we look at the sun, it's so bright. It's so full of glory. It's so full of majesty. It's so mighty. So what do we do? We have these telescopes that have filters. When we put these filters into into these telescopes, we can now look at the sun. We can behold the sun. It's like when Jesus came. It was like a filter. When Jesus came to the earth, it was like we could see God without being destroyed. It was him representing God on the earth. God with us, with the filter. People can now see God. He said, if you see me, you see the Father, God with us. Joshua 1, 5 and 9. Just a a few scriptures. Joshua 1, 5 to 9. This is the account where Moses has passed away and Joshua is taking over. And it's his responsibility to now lead the people into the promised land. And it reads... No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Why? Because for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. It implies that there going to be difficult times in our life. Says be strong is one thing, but and courageous is another thing. There's going to be some opposition be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I, will give them, I would give them. There's a land that God has for you and God has for me. There's a calling that God has for you. There's a purpose and a plan that God has for you. It's almost like there is a land that is promised for you that has his reserve sign stuck on that land. It's given for you, it's given to you but it's up to us to make the steps to take that land. There's a land that is there for you but it takes steps of faith for us to walk into. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous person avails much. Um, One thing I've been catching of Pastor Bruce recently is the whole thing about saying yes. And if there's Something that God has for us, a promised land, it takes us to, to take steps of saying yes. Every time we say yes to God, whatever it is, it's going, to, it's going to lead us to a place where we will be blessed. Not just the big yeses, but the, the small yeses that, that we are to, to make. When we say yes to God, we acknowledge him as our source that he is truly with us be careful obey all the instructions verse 7 that Moses gave you do not deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left then you will be successful in everything you do talking about strengthening our witness this is talking about the instructions or the counsel that Joshua got we can relate that we can relate to that today as being the instructions and the counsel of his word. Verse 8. A lot of us will know this this verse here. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Meditate on his word day and night. Night and day. There's that song we just sang. Let incense arise. The thing I like about that song, Let Incense Arise, just just singing it before, is like, I remember when I was in Samoa and I would climb up the hills and I'd go up there early in the morning and then I would look over the hills and I would see the many villages and I would see um, people cooking and different pockets of villages, you would see the smoke coming up into the, into the sky. And it just reminded me of that song, Night and Day, Day and Night is like incense, like worship coming up into the nostrils of God, day and night, night and day. Do not let this word depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. The word meditate just means to, to mutter, to chew. Meditate on his word day and night. Day and night, night and day. Things happen when God's word is decreed. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He echoed a similar thing in Matthew, I think, twenty-eight twenty, when he gave the, the, the great commission to the disciples, and then he said, and I will be with you until the end of the age. God is with us. Isaiah 41.10 Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Psalms 23 and 4 For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A well-known verse that we, a lot of us here would know though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, For he is with me. Notice here that the shepherd doesn't go around the mountain. The shepherd doesn't go over the mountain, but they go through the valley. Why do they go through? Because God is with him. God is with us. Just because God is with us, Emmanuel, doesn't make us exempt from trials, as we know that in life. But what it does, it comforts us to know that he is right here with us. Matthew 8.28, Matthew 28.20, and I am with you always. God is with us. Number two is God is for us. God is for you. Romans 8.31, punching out a lot of word. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, which he is, who can be against us? Whatever we're going through, who can be against you if God is truly for you? For God to be for us implies that there is that there can be things that come against us. We have an enemy, we know that, we have the opposition. The Bible says that Jesus come to give life and life more abundantly. Sorry, I got that the wrong way around. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. With God, all things are possible. In other words, with God, nothing is impossible. In other words, with God, no thing is impossible. When I look at that word impossible, I break it down and I, I say, I stand back and I see the word, I'm possible. I am possible. I'm possible. And I break down the word I'm and I see the word I am possible. Who is the great I am? God is the I am. So every time you see the word impossible, see I'm possible. See I am possible. See, am possible. see that God is possible. Whenever somebody comes up to you and says, that's impossible, see God possible. Because all things with God are possible. All things with me or with you are not all possible, but with God, with God. I'm ironing it over and over. With God, all things are possible. You become so bold when you know all things are possible. You become such a boldness that comes on your life when you know that he's in your corner, when you know who's got your back, when you know you have the whole heavenly host at your back, when you know God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus are in your corner. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 2 Kings, a lot in the Old Testament tonight. 2 Kings, verse 6, 15 to 18. When the servant of the man of God, Elisha, when Elisha's servant got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? Elisha and his servant are surrounded by the enemy, Elisha says to his servant. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. With God in your corner, you will always be a majority. You will always be a majority with God in our corner. Why? Because with God, no thing is impossible. Whatever you're praying for, no thing is impossible. No healing is impossible. No provision is impossible. It's all possible with God. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What happened there? Elisha prayed that they would have a glimpse, that his servant would be able to see past the natural and into the supernatural. It's saying that when we... that The the supernatural is more real than the physical, than the tangible. That's why we pray. It takes faith to pray, to access the things in the spirit. There's a spiritual realm. Our weapons are not carnal. Our weapons are mighty and strong in God. Our weapons are the word, the sword of the spirit, the armor of God, the breath of righteousness, the The shoes of peace, the belt of truth that holds it all together, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit and you speak the word. These are the, the things that we battle with. These are the things that we have been given stewardship of. These are the things. When we pray, we've just been praying for prayer requests. We're praying in the Spirit. We're accessing promises that are possible in the Spirit. But it takes faith spiritual realm is more real than the natural. The Bible says that the universe was framed by the word of God. It was framed by the spoken word. The word of God framed everything. Isaiah 8 and 8.10 says, Raise the war cry, you nations, and be shattered. Listen, all you distant lands... Prepare for battle and be shattered. Prepare for battle and be shattered. Devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand. For God is with us. This is Isaiah talking to the enemy. Yeah, enemy, you can do that, but it's not going to happen. You can talk that, but it's not going to happen. You can do this to me, but it's not going to happen. You can... Cause this to happen or whatever, but it's not going to happen because my battle cry is God is with me. What's your battle cry? What's your battle cry? Two of my uh, my favorite rugby teams are the All Blacks and the Manu Samoa. We have war cries. We have a dance that we do before the game. The old and New Zealand Māoris, do the haka. I won't do the haka. Might get Chris to come do the haka. <laughs> they do the haka every time I come and I see Bob Mulder on the door. You know, the haka goes kamati, kamati, kamati. Bob Mulder always comes up to me and goes, "Hey, bro, do you feel like a cup of tea? Cup of tea? Cup of tea?" He's so cheeky, man. Especially after a rugby game. So the New Zealand Maori do kamati, kamati, and the Samoans. If Philly was here, would he knows it. I would have got him to do it. But it, we go manu samoa, wamalo fa fai So we got this war cry that we do. I don't know why we do it before a rugby game. We get so tired, and you know, <laughs> that's not not a good thing. But we have this battle cry. But this battle cry before a game is nothing like the battle cry of Emmanuel. And God with us. What is your battle cry? What is your battle cry? What comes out of your heart when your back's against the wall, when you are in trouble? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? What's your first response? Talking about strengthening our witness. Our first response is prayer. Our first response is to the Word. Our first response is to worship, because that is cultivating and strengthening, strengthening our witness our witness with God that way, so we can have our witness strong this way. What is your battle cry? Is it kapiti, kapiti, or is it "Emmanuel"? Emmanuel. When Joshua was charged to to go around Jericho, on the seventh time that he went around, they, they lifted up the ram's horns, and they blew the trumpets, and then the silence was broken, and then they gave out a shout. They gave gave out a shout of faith. Not of fear or terror, but of faith. It's a shout of faith that we give. Why? Because we are acknowledging the source of our supply. The one who fights our battles for us. The one who gives the victory. It's a shout of faith. What's your battle cry? Make sure we have our battle cry ready. When things come against us, though war may rise against us, know that we have Jesus Know that we have God with us. We were just talking before about the the old school songs like Shout to the Lord. There's a reason they wrote those songs. There's a shout. Is there a shout in your heart? Is there a shout? Do you cry out Emmanuel? That's a battle cry. It's not a soft little song. It's a battle cry. God with us. It's a crazy concept to know that the creator of all creation now wants to be with you, in you, and for you, because he loves you. Is your battle cry, OMG, or is it God with me? It's like David and Goliath. It's not like David got his handful of stones, put it in his sling, and then he ran out and went, OMG. No, no, it wasn't that at all. Because he knew who he was, because he knew who he was, and his witness with God, was being formed and developed when he was a kid. Now he's a teenager because he's cultivated and strengthened that witness, his witness to the giant that's laughing and mocking him, he's going to see what God's all about. He's about to see what God, Emmanuel, is like. So he takes the stones, he comes out to the battlefield, instead of OMG, it's God with me, he throws his, the sling, knocks him out, and grabs his own sword, grabs the sword of Goliath, takes it out, and then cuts him. Cuts his head off. The Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That sword that was in the sheath of Goliath was a weapon that was formed and fashioned to be against the Israelites and against David. That weapon could not prosper against David because David knew who he was. David understood that his witness was being strengthened. His witness was being cultivated so much so that his witness now to the rest of the Philistines enabled him to become king, enabled him to really show off who God is, God Emmanuel, God with him and God for us. It's not OMG. The battle cry is never OMG. Unless it's, oh my God. But it's not that. It's not the OMG, it's God with me. He is with you. It's crazy. Number three is God in us. The hope of glory. God in us. You can't get any closer to Metro Church without being in the church. You can be outside the church building. You can be two blocks away from the church building. But here tonight, all of us are In the building. you Can't get any closer to the physical building. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon certain people that God picked to speak. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. God has always wanted to be with us. You can't get any closer than actually coming and making his dwelling inside of us. That's what he did through the cross, through Jesus John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater, even greater things than these. Why? Because I am going to the Father. What happens when he goes to the Father? Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. God sends the Holy Spirit. Now because of the Holy Spirit, we can now do the greater works. Why? Because the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. John sixteen seven last one. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. It's, it's better for you guys that I actually leave. For if I don't go, the helper will not come to you. But if I do go, if I depart, I will send him to you. God in the Old Testament, Jesus in the Gospels, now the beginning of Acts is becoming the Holy Spirit time, even though with all three right through, the Holy Spirit is coming through the day of Pentecost. The Greek word for the helper is the word "paraclete" or Parakletos, and it means the helper, the counselor, our advocate, our teacher, our guide. The word "para" means to come alongside, kind of like you know the line, the parallel lines. Parallel universe, or parallel parking, you know? Parallel parking, but like trying to drive back, come back, uh, and just park there. Parallel parking. When I played softball, I'd hit the, hit the ball or I'd bunt the ball, I would run to first base. My coach would run alongside me and go, 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 go. Come alongside. That's what the Holy Spirit does to you and I. Comes alongside and guides us guides us, and when we go a bit off track, he'll gently, wait, wait, this way, this way, wait, this way, he'll gently nudge us, gently nudge us back on track. He's the paraclitos, comes alongside, parallel parking, parachutes. Parachutes. Well, yeah, parachutes because they are side by side. The parachutes, they go alongside one another. You need the shoes to Walk to the destiny to take the promise that God has for you. You like that cover? That was a good one. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit dwells in us. It's the infilling. It's his influence. It's the inspiration because of the indwelling. The indwelling. The inliving of the Holy Spirit. What's in you will come out of you. He's in you. He will be seen through you. He He will be seen through you. Because the light will shine through you. So God is with us when we're strengthening our witness, We are strengthening our prayer time. Our prayer time like Ahaz. He should have asked for a sign. He should have spent time asking. The acronym for ask is ask, seek, and knock. Take time to strengthen our prayer time. Take time to strengthen our time in the word. Our time in the word. Meditate day and night, night and day. So we can observe to do everything that it says and then our life will be successful and prosperous. What does that mean? Fulfill the will of God for our lives. He is for us. What's your battle cry? It's not OMG. It's Emmanuel. That's your battle cry. And he is in you. And God is in you. God is in you. And the last one, this is all because God loves us. God with us, and God for us, and God in us, and God because God loves us. Yeah, I'll ask the team, or come back, and we we'll just finish off. God loves us. In John 3.16, as we all know, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Whosoever. Do we have any whosoever's here tonight? Whosoever. Last scripture. First John 4, 9-11 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. God loves us so much. We're seen in the Old Testament, God is always wanting to be with us. In a week, in a little bit, we are celebrating Christmas. The entire world knows, they know that Christmas is about Jesus. It's about God, Emmanuel, coming and being with us. Growing up, Christmas, to me, was always about family. It was all about getting together, having big feeds, barbecues, sports. It was about the Christmas tree. It was about family, getting together, giving presents, singing carols, going to church making little candles in these little cans we used to make, punching holes in the cans, letting the light of the candles shine through. All these things are awesome, but these things are secondary to what the spirit of Christmas is really about. It's about Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. If you want Christmas to be about a tree, And think about the cross. If you want Christmas to be about the star that the wise men followed, think about the greatest light that came into the world that we are to follow. If you want Christmas to be about a shepherd, it's about the good shepherd that left the 99 to go after the one. That's you and I. If you want Christmas to be about presents, it's about his presence. Come to earth. We want a Christmas to be about sheep and shepherd. It's about a lamb. He gave his heart for us. It's about the lamb that took away the sins of all the world. Christmas is about Emmanuel, God with us, God coming to be with us. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, this whole concept of you coming to be with us. Is so mind-blowing, Father. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you would love us so much that you would always want to be with us, want to be for us, want to be in us because of your love for us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for Emmanuel, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If there is anybody here tonight that has not had an encounter with Emmanuel you may know about Jesus but you have never encountered him you have never met Jesus I want to invite you to to ask him into your life the Bible says that if anyone believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord then they will be saved Lord, I pray for anyone here, Father, or anyone listening, Lord. Lord, that you would help them, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your heart to save them, Lord. That your word says that, Lord, your will is that none should perish, but all will come to know you, Father. Come to repentance, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We have a number zero four triple eight two six three nine two. If anyone here has make wants to make that decision, you can text simply text yes to this number and you will receive a prayer and a scripture. It'll be a way to connect with us to enable us to help disciple you on your journey. You can simply text yes or if you want to you can come back to the Connect Connect Hub or he can come and see one of us or one of the leaders. Father, I pray, Lord, for anyone, Lord, has made that decision, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would help them to be equipped, that you would help them, Lord, to come to know who they are, Lord, that they would raise up and become all that you have called them to be, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, bless this house, Lord. Bless this church, Father. Bless, Father, all our leadership, Lord. Every heart that walks into these doors, Lord. Have your way in our lives, Father. We thank you for Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.